Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz, and sitting in with us tonight, special guest. It's been a while, but he's back with us again. Andrew Lake is here with us. Good evening, Andy. How are you? Howdy, guys. How's it going? Glad to be here. And uh, we are glad to have you back. It's 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 been years, I think, since you've been on the show. Yeah, it's been a while. It definitely has. I don't know why it's been so long. Uh, just busy looking for ghosts. Yeah, you're always busy. Saturday nights are a, a tough time to actually talk to people in the paranormal because that's when they're out doing paranormal things. Exactly. But uh, we're glad to have you back. And, uh, of course, we are here to talk about the paranormal. That's what we talk about each and every Saturday night. And tonight we have a very interesting show for you because we're going to have Kimberly Dawn as our guest. And I mentioned this last week on the show that uh, Kimberly Dawn is somebody who is she's a psychic. But she also uh, uses her abilities to help cleanse people and houses and clear away some of the bad spirits and even some of the demonic entities that are out there. So I want to find out more about that work because I'm kind of on the fence about what I about whether or not that can actually happen. So when she reached out and said, this is what I want to talk about, I said, I want to talk about that too. So we, uh, we set it up so that we can have a conversation. Stephanie Burke is not here tonight, so we won't get her insight. Uh, on this topic, but I'm sure she can weigh in on this uh, when she comes back. She's actually out at an event on the Queen Mary this weekend, so a little, little jealous. <laughs> so someday, someday I'll get out there. But uh, I'm, I'm sure she'll come back with some pretty good stories, uh, getting a lot of positive response to last week's episode, which was all about Stephanie and Porter's adventures in Hawaii and all the strange things that have happened to them, both going there and coming back. So it's... Uh, it's. I'm sure whatever is happening to them, being that much closer to Hawaii, is. Pro- they're probably like, ah, it's only like a three-hour flight from here, isn't it? <laughs> Something like that. So they're like, oh, we could probably just jump on a plane and go back. But um, I'm sure they're having a blast on the Queen Mary with everybody out there. And hello to everyone that is out there. Also, hello to everybody in the chat room. That's at Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. We're on our YouTube channel. That's a great way to get involved in the conversation tonight. Of course, it's also a great way to be out of the conversation because they talk about all different kinds of topics in there. But it's uh, certainly worth jumping in there. If you're sitting at home and listening to the show, you want to kind of go into the chat room and interact with everybody there. I mean, Bart L's in there. What else do you need? <laughs> yeah. He's he's the dessert man himself. So uh, it's – although he, I don't think he gave me a dessert last night when I was hosting Midnight in the Desert. I think he forgot. But uh, I'll also be on Monday night too. So if anybody missed me last night or, or earlier this week when I filled in, I'll be filling in Monday on Midnight in the Desert as well. So And Andy, that was, I think, the last time that we really talked was yeah. in October. You came Just on and told Halloween, some, some yeah. ghost stories. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I'll tell you, uh, back in the late 90s, I had a, uh, a courier job from hell. I drove uh, nearly 500 miles a night through southern uh, 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 New England and uh, through Connecticut. And that's how I discovered Art Bell. And that's what kept me sane in that job, was just driving around in the middle of the night listening to Art Bell. So I thought that was kind of fun to be hanging out with you on Midnight in the Desert all these years later talking about ghosts. I I do not let Art Bell get far from my thoughts when hosting that show. Yeah. In fact, I was so excited that uh, I don't think it was the last, I don't think it was this week, but the last time I hosted before that, somebody had called in and they said, is this me? And I got to pull out the classic Art Bell line. Well, caller, only you know for sure if it's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I actually like stopped the show. I was like, wait a minute. I've always wanted to say this. <laughs> and now I get to say it on Art Bell's show. <laughs> yeah. You know, sitting in 
not literally Art Bell's chair, but you know Art Bell's metaphorical chair and uh, a figurative chair anyway. And and uh, just it was really cool to kind of have that little moment. So I I do love hosting that show, but of course, Spooky South Coast is my first love, and we are happy to be here doing the show each and every Saturday. And of course, we're re- entering Red Sox season. So that means there may be some games coming up. We'll get mostly through spring training without any problems because the Red Sox usually play day games on Saturdays uh, for spring training. But there may be some, uh, you know, especially early in the season, they'll have some Saturday night games when that happens and you can't hear Spooky South Coast on the radio. Well, then all you have to do is go to our YouTube channel and you can watch us on YouTube. Or if you have the WBSM app, you can listen to us on that. Or if you have the Paranormal Radio app, you can listen to us on that as well. So we'll make sure that even though we can't be on the radio airwaves, for those of you who would prefer to listen to Paranormal Talk instead of the Red Sox game, we'll still be able to get it out there to you. So, And we'll always let you know when that's going to happen. Because it's not like it's not the playoffs. We'll know when the games are taking place. And we can, we can let everybody know the best way. Maybe that's something we incorporate, too, with social media. Like maybe I'll start tweeting out, like, here's exactly where to go to hear the show this week so that people know. And, uh, and of course, the next time that we'll probably get a chance to hang out is coming up at the X-Filers United Conference. Yeah, looking forward to it. And so you're going to be there on the fr- on Sunday, you said? Sunday, Sunday, yes. So, Will, I think Moniz, you and I are going to be there all weekend, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll definitely be there all weekend because I'm MC. I have to be. <laughs> yeah, just like you. Yeah, you're going to be running the tech stuff, right? Yeah. So, um, by the way, remind me, just in case, I have a projector now, a new projector. Well, it doesn't hurt to have so an extra backup. So remind me just to have it as a backup. I, I got it at the antique store. Like the, <laughs> one of these, uh, you know, they're basically indoor flea markets, but yep. it was sitting on the shelf for 20 bucks. And I oh. said, well, let me find an outlet and plug it in. And I plugged it in and it worked great. And I was like, I will take that. Oh, yeah, but 20, sure. Yeah. That's I have three. And all three that I bought, I've bought in at like pawn shops and flea markets and stuff, and I've never paid more than 20 bucks for one. <laughs> there you go. So all you uh, people going out there spending eight $900. <laughs> Of course, there's actually, you know, they know that when they turn them on every time, they'll still work. Yeah. Every time I turn one on, it's a crapshoot whether or not the bulb is blown out. Yeah. And that's why I needed the third one, because the bulb's blew in the other two. But, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll definitely be having some fun with uh, with that event, especially all the cool people that are coming up. And are they still, I know they said they were working on a few surprise guests. You you had a chance to meet with them today. And yes, them I was these. meeting with them today at the facility. Beautiful, beautiful place. Uh Crown Plaza. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been there. I have never been, but I've I've seen pictures of it. No, Matt's right. It is a nice place. Yeah, it, nice venue. Um, I I I think people will enjoy it, and uh, there are a couple of special guests that are going to show up and are in the works. And let's just say, yeah, they are X Files related. Cool. Oh, Very I like cool. where this is going. Uh, I actually thought of somebody who would be a great guest for them. If they could get her to come up from Washington, D.C. for that weekend. Dana Scully? <laughs> no. <laughs> she comes no. from England, though. Yeah, surprisingly, I see, I didn't realize this. How many years on this show have we been saying we have to get Chase Klotsky on the show? For years, we've been saying we need to get her on and talking about UFOs, the Star Child Skull, whatever. And I just so happened to get to interview her for an hour on Midnight in the Desert this week. Dave Schrader couldn't do the show. I got called like an hour before. To fill in, and I get to talk to Chase, and as and I'm like, oh, well, I know I'm Facebook friends with Chase, and let me let me kind of see what she's been up to, and I go and I see that she's from Rhode Island. So I was like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. So now I was like, we have to see if we can get her, you know, maybe to come up yeah. for that weekend, hang out with everybody. I'm sure she's friends with most of the people that'll be there anyway. 
So uh, I will uh, I will broach that with uh, both Val and Jamie as well as uh, with Chase. Okay. And just see if uh, you know because I'm sure the speaker budget is is getting limited, but maybe if she's around and she wants to come up. Well, today was finalizing the order of speakers. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I heard them mention two hours. Some uh, people are going to talk for two hours. Well, yeah. Some wanted two hours. Others don't want as much. Uh, so that's what today was, is shuffling who wanted how much and how to fit them out each hours day. Two is a long time. Yeah, you'd be surprised. I've I've seen some some speakers go on for three easily. You I mean, know, I'd, I'd you know like, me, I can talk the years off have, the side of people's have heads. Have you ever been to a Stanton Friedman talk? I was going to say, I know Stanton Friedman <laughs> can go for three hours, but some of the, I mean, some of the speakers I'd love to hear for three hours, but yeah. I'm, I'm just surprised that, you know, that they're... They're letting people have that much time because generally at conventions are like you have forty five minutes, don't go over. Exactly. So as the MC, a- it's kind of my job to be the timekeeper. I'm glad they have two hours. Average is about ninety minutes. It's everything, you know, from an hour to two hours, depending upon who needs what and who needs. And people will have multi. Some people have multimedia. Media, some exactly, people just, exactly. you know, the Bridgewater Triangle documentary is going to be shown in its entirety. So. Well, I myself, I said, how about an hour and a half and then a half hour for questions? Because I know people are going to want to ask me questions about the story. I'm Andy, I, you're one of the people I would listen to talk for three hours. Thank believe you. me. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, and and maybe people will have that chance to to hear you talk more often. A little behind the scenes stuff that we'll just tease yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, so, but we will be joined by Kimberly Dawn coming up. Uh, I love. I do love how all the conspiracy theories are starting in the chat room already. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, David Duchovny's ex-mother-in-law lives in Paid and Aram. <laughs> Actually, from what I understand. Westport, I thought. No, it's Paid and Aram. Is it Paid and Aram? Oh, South Dartmouth, I think. Yeah. Okay. Not actually the Paid and Aram village. But I do think that uh, David Duchovny and Taylor Leone had a house in Dartmouth. Yeah. Like their own house. So. Well, the Molders had a beach house down in Westerly. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So uh, there's there's certainly some of those connections that are. That are possible. We're not. We're not talking Mulder and Scully. Yeah, no, just no. being funny here. Yeah, like that's. Although I'll uh, I'll hold out hope that it's a possibility. Because they're going to have the modern day Mulder and Scully there with Greg and Dana Newkirk. Yeah. So maybe it's time for yeah, good parallel there. Time for them to meet. Uh, but uh, that will be happening just to make sure that everybody has all the information for it. That's the X Filers United Conference. It is happening April twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and twenty eighth. At the Crown Plaza Hotel in Warwick, Rhode Island, you can get your tickets at x-filersunited.com. That's x-filersunited.com to get your tickets. And uh, really, they're so cheap. You can get the whole weekend for under $100. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very affordable nowadays. And to know that you're going to get to not only hear these people speak, but you get to walk around, you get to talk to people one-on-one. This is going to be, because how long has it been since we've had something like this? In this part of New England, uh, off the top of my head, I can't recall. I think Paranormal X: The Gathering in like two thousand seven or eight or whatever oh, that sure, was. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. That might have been the last time there was a big one yeah. like this down in this area. So, uh, you know, there's been others around Massachusetts, but for Southern New England, this is it. So, uh, hopefully, everybody gets out there and takes part in that. I just like when we can all get together and just kind of be weird together. What I like is it's a, a venue that close by to airports and highways and stuff like that. So it's, and a hospital. <laughs> if need be. But I'm saying it, it's easy to get to. Exactly. You know, so it is very easy. And I just I wish the Hooters were still open. 
Yeah, that was down the road from there. It was. Because <laughs> the, the, the one thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to bring Mike Clellan down to the Hooters. Oh, God. <laughs> have the guy that does the owl yeah, UFO yeah. research in the place that has the owl as the mascot. The owls are not what they seem. <laughs> that would just be pretty. Well, the other thing I like about the whole uh, conference is it's the the trifecta. You know, you've got UFOs, you've got ghosts, and you have cryptids. You know, yeah. And everything in between. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, definitely come on out to that. And by the way, if you're... If you have the itch to get out and do some ghost hunting and you haven't done it for a while, a couple of events coming up uh, that I'll be taking part in. March 23rd, one month from today, at the Oliver House in Middleborough. And then on April 20th at the Murdoch Whitney House and the Isaac Morris House in Winchenden, Massachusetts. Both of those are for sale right now on SpookySouthCoast.com. They're going to be real small, intimate events, just me and a bunch of people that want to look for ghosts. And uh, and the tickets are, are cheaper than they usually are. For some of our events, normally we charge ninety nine dollars for a ticket. These are seventy five dollars for a ticket because you know I'm not bringing you guys and don't have to buy as much pizza and all that kind of stuff. So we can save some money and we can we can make it a lot more of an intimate experience. That's one thing that people kept asking for, as they said, you know, we love going to these places, but it'd be nice if every once in a while you did somewhere it's just a small group. And so I said, okay, you know, we'll have to try to find a way to make the financials work because people don't realize, like, all the stuff that goes into oh, these. Oh, sure. You yeah. guys understand all that goes oh, into these because you have well. to unload the car. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the ones that are carrying cases of water from, from the trunk of my car into Edaville and, you know, but the insurance that goes in, that's involved, with the advertising, all that stuff. And it's, it's nice to be able to kind of say, okay, let's, let's kind of do some smaller ones where we can really focus on certain, and we don't even have to, have it, you know, guided and have it be like broken down into zones and everybody can kind of just do their thing. And um, I give everybody that choice. I said, do you want it structured or do you want to just kind of do your own thing and I'll wander around and we can try some experiments? Nine times out of ten, people want kind of that free reign because they're, they're seasoned investigators that are coming to these things. So, you know, they don't need me kind of walking them through the process of, of collecting EVPs or anything like that. So these should be fun. These should be interesting. And uh, they're for sale right now. SpookySouthCoast.com is the place to go if you would like to get tickets to those events. And, Andy, are you still, I mean, I know that's wintertime, but you still are doing your tours. If people oh, are yeah. Yeah, if anybody's interested in when the uh, the autumn comes around, if uh, you're in Rhode Island, I, uh, I give a uh, personalized uh, haunted Rhode Island tour. I only take three people at most, and people tell me that's uh, why they absolutely... Uh, Love it because it's so intimate. And just like Tim said, I like to give people all the time at each location I take them to. Bring cameras. Bring recorders. And if you want, we'll hang out at a location longer than we might hang out at the other ones. And, of course, we stop at a great haunted restaurant and get something to eat. And the tour continues all the way uh, to the end because Rhode Island is a very strange state. You don't stop at just any haunted restaurant. No, no. No, no the Tavern on Main in uh, Chapache, which has great uh, uh, food. It's dripping with history, and it is extremely haunted. It really is. It's not a not a gimmick. I can verify that. I was there when Andrew got attacked with yeah, a, I, with yeah. an object. Yeah, a, a, a washboard, an old fashioned washboard, came off a shelf behind me and hit me off my left shoulder, bounced off my head, and went across the dining room. And five people saw it happen. That's funny because I was attacked the last time I was at Tavern on the Main too. When the fresh popovers came out, everybody's like running over to get them. And like, ah! No, like if you folks have never been to oh, that the place, the food is awesome. It's and it's a it's an old New England building. When you go in there, they have the tureen of soup 
and they have the fresh giant popovers next to it, and you just help yourself. And uh, do you do, you do tours on Sundays? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, Monday and Tuesday is the only time I do, uh, don't do it because the restaurant isn't open on Mondays and Tuesdays. But a uh, little tidbit about that place, it was for a brief moment, it was the capital of Rhode Island. Oh, for the, wow. For yeah. the Door Rebellion. Yeah. That's where Thomas Door said, nope, I am the governor, not Governor King, and Chapachet is now the capital of Rhode Island. <coughs> well, I only mention Sundays because if you go and take Andy's tour on Sundays, uh, on Sundays they have special deals in the restaurant. Oh, they sure. have like these nice New England traditional dinners, three-course meals that are like 14 bucks. You can't go wrong. The seafood there is good, too. Everything's good. Yeah. Oh, man. Hungry. <laughs> That's what, let's close the show down. We're going. Yeah, we're, we're out. Tapping on the main. All right. Well, let's bring our guest on because uh, she's patiently waiting on the line. Uh, Kimberly Dawn is an accomplished para-cleansing psychic and divine channel for the light who is known for her work in the paranormal spiritual field. She's the author of 365 Days of Archangel Messages. She's also the inventor of the spiritual cleansing crystal lights. I've had crystal light before. I didn't know they could clean your spirit. We'll have to ask her about that. She's been featured in the Sedona Journal of Emergence as a contributing psychic channel. Her spiritual cleansing sessions clear negative energy, ghosts, entities, and dark spirits from your home, workspace, business, and real estate properties. Powerful chakra cleansings take place at the same time, removing negative energy and attachments from one's auric field. So we're going to find out all about that and more tonight with our guest, Kimberly Don. Good evening, Kimberly. Uh, How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Can you hear me okay? Uh, We can hear you. How's, How's that on your end, Matt? Good. All right. Oh, well, we are very pleased to be talking with you tonight. And uh, I didn't mean to joke about the spiritual cleansing crystal lights. I just, you know, I just love lemonade. So I see crystal light <laughs> and I immediately think lemonade. Oh, that's so fun. That's happened before. So no, it's okay. <laughs> that that really cleans my spirit. That's for sure. <laughs> I love it. But it has to be the yellow, not the pink. <laughs> so yellow, sunny and bright. I, I you know, I I want to talk with you because uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that um, it took me a long time in getting involved with the paranormal world, starting to host this show, and when we first started doing it, very skeptical of psychics, very skeptical of anybody that claims to have abilities. And the one thing that I really could never buy in is the idea of of being able to, to cleanse places because my theory is that, you know, spirits, if they're there, they, they have free will just like we do, and you know, if you tell them to go, they'll go if they want to, but they can stay around um, if they so choose. Is that is that accurate, or, or do you find like you can actually move spirits along even if they if it's against their will? Not in all cases. I mean, because there's some places where the it's exactly like you said they have free will. So. Um, there's some situations such as ghosts and even darker energies where it has to do with um, maybe even very old in Native American uh, where there's some, been some dark energy in the ground and the earth where there are certain situations that can't 100% be cleared. And like you said, each disembodied spirit has free will of choice, so it's up to them if they go or not. But in a lot of cases, they can just be confused and or lost or sad or unresolved issues or feeling guilty and they need help such as bringing in higher beings of light to assist them in crossing over fully and higher beings of light to clear the space and to clear the negative energy in the space and dark beings so not all cases in even um very old say hotels and can be 100 percent cleared 
sometimes it might have some residual energy as well. Um, but but usually what can't be cleared isn't so much residual energy as it is more of the darker energy or if that there's like a nasty ghost that just doesn't want to leave. Um, still in a lot of cases that can the higher beings of light can work with with that with that ghost and help them help them in ways that even our brains don't understand and can help that show them another place they can go they can give them um like a tra- um another maybe it's not just like heaven and all their loved ones maybe they don't have loved ones like that that are kind and open but they can show them a place that's like the place that they're used to but hey we have this for you you can come here with us and it's safe so if they can talk them into it does that make sense no it does and it also makes sense too where it's it's not so much that you're kind of forcing them out as much as it is that you are showing them other options exactly that's a great way to put it showing them other options and i'm sure that those other options for the most part are probably better than hanging around here and being a you know a discorporal being yes because i mean even the darkest of disembodied spirits are lost and confused and need some higher help if they're slightly open it would help them even a little bit if they're just a little open is there ever but, oh, sorry go ahead. go ahead no 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 go right ahead well yeah but i still don't think it's the higher beings of light are forcing it on them because they honor free will of choice so really it's 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 kind of like what i always suspect that it would be it's it's almost like you're telling them hey you know you're kind of not wanted here please move on and and it's still kind of up to them to be able to do it it's not like there's some magic spell you're going to be able to do that's going to pull them away if they don't choose to to leave the people alone. Well, it is, but and you know, you said the word spell. If somebody has done a spell on that property, or um, or there's family members that have done a spell, there's a door open. That door has not been closed, or they're still playing with Ouija boards, or doing. Uh, maybe worshiping the devil. I mean, those kind of doors can remain open. So the higher beings of light don't have permission just to clear those darker energies there that have come in through that door because of the agreements made. The, the higher beings of light and the angels can't just break agreements that each person in the family or that, that owns that property needs needs to be willing to end contracts and break um soul agreements really that they've made so it sounds like you need less of a paranormal psychic and you need more of a paranormal lawyer that's exactly what i was thinking <laughs> some, of these, some of these contracts here but uh but that's that's the thing though is that it's it's you're really just dealing with somebody's word and uh you know people say that your word is your bond and in this case it seems like it, it really can be a literal bond it can, and the, the scary thing about it is that we, when we sleep, um, because of how many dimensions exist, how many timelines, realities are happening at the same time as this one, when we're dreaming even, there's, I, there's people that, uh, any of us souls can make agreements with dark beings. We can be fooled by them or even agreements with ghosts. Say someone has a ghost in their home. You can, like, when you're dreaming, they can trick you into making an agreement, and then they can have access to you. So that's why it's always good practice to 
when you just say a prayer to, say, Archangel Michael or who you believe in Christ or your higher beings of light is to ask for those agreements to be broken, all those contracts to be ended across all time and space, all realities, all dimensions, all timelines, even if you even if you made them knowingly or unknowingly. That's an excellent prayer to say. I say it very often because you, um, they can trick you. Well, and I think, too, that part of the problem is you have a lot of folks who are into this type of research now who maybe don't have a firm spiritual base. I mean, myself being one of them, I'm not a very spiritual person necessarily. Uh, yeah. But you have a lot of people that are going into these situations and putting themselves into these situations without that kind of knowledge base to back them up. Is that kind of contributing to why there's more of these these darker energies that are able to kind of come in and take hold? I don't know if it's contribute. Um, is it contributing to the people getting more infiltrated and taking hold? The darker beings taking hold because they're more vulnerable. Is that what you're asking? Well, I think yeah. I think that they don't really know what they're dealing with, and when you don't know, you know, if you don't know that a a, a lion is dangerous, if you stick your hand in its mouth and it gets bitten, you know, there's no surprise. You didn't have that knowledge going into it. So I think that's kind of what's happening to a lot of these you know investigators and researchers as they're going into situations where. They're dealing with something that they don't understand, and they're only they're only giving it more power as opposed to uh, you know being able to take care of it. Yes, absolutely. Because, I mean, even years ago, I went into the Jerome Hotel, and when I was uh, 28, I'm 46 now. I took a group in with another psychic, and we did readings there. Well, this is before I I had evolved to the knowledge I have now, and. When I opened up to do readings in a location like that without ending contracts, saying prayers before and after, and protecting myself with, like, silver light, white light, um, I was drained afterwards. I mean, it took me days. It could have even been weeks because I felt so sick after going in there. And energetically, what can happen is the ghosts and the darker beings can definitely play on that openness of say someone even ghost hunting or going to a haunted hotel and they find vulnerabilities in the auric field the energy field into where even old traumas they will cord into those or that's why you see sometimes um on ghost shows or you hear people like crying when they go to a haunted house or they get really sad that's usually because a ghost or a darker being has is corded into them in some way and has that sadness and is trying to get them to be very emotional because they can feed off of their light more when they do that. And we do see some of these, uh, you know, some of these TV shows where the the investigators will talk about the effects that it has afterward on them that, uh, you know, they kind of have to do a little prologue and say, after this investigation, I was, you know, plagued by bad dreams. And, and I know I know somebody firsthand that it was kind of my fault but I know somebody that had something very negative that attached itself to her. And, uh, and my usual, one of my usual co-hosts is Stephanie Burke. She's a psychic medium herself and, and she had to spend, I think it was two weeks, the better part of two weeks trying to remove this attachment from, uh, from this friend of mine that, uh, because we just, we didn't heed Stephanie's warnings to begin with and we kind of used the Ouija board when we shouldn't and we communicated with something that we shouldn't. And the next thing we know, you know, she's fighting for a spiritual life against this thing. Oh, I believe it. Absolutely. This happens all the time. That's so wonderful that Stephanie was able to assist her. I mean, it, again, it's it was my fault. I have to take the blame for it. Uh, and I still actually kind of taunt that spirit when I go back to the place, too. But anyway, 
you know, that's uh, that's a different story. But I would never have thought that this was a, a, an actual problem until I saw it happen. <coughs> Excuse me, until I saw the effect that it had on her. I mean, it just takes seeing that one time to realize this can actually this this can happen. Really? And then by you seeing that, you just saw the effects of it lasting like two weeks? Well, she was kind of telling me what was going on. I um, I kind of abandoned her. <laughs> I was like, you can just text me and let me know what's going on. I, did, I didn't necessarily need it's, this thing attaching to me, too. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's what can happen. It, it can attach to multiple people that if it finds a vulnerability... I mean, it's just... I, I lived in Sedona for over eight years, and I had a healing center there. But Sedona is so active, and it, there's it's everywhere. I mean, it's just so normal. It's just everywhere, and people are they are having reactions when they go into, say, even um, relics uh, hotel restaurant or it's a res- restaurant bar, and that was just on a um, show called Dead Files. But I mean, I live there, and I like. I walked in Relics one time and just walked right back out because the dark energy was so bad. And the psychic that looked into it, Amy Allen, um, on Dead Files, I saw that recently. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, she saw some nasty dark stuff and some weird ghost stuff where they had these dark entities had ghosts sitting up in chairs. But it wasn't ghosts. It was like mannequin ghosts. They had stolen part of the disembodied spirit's uh, energy and were sitting them up in the chairs at the restaurant like mannequins, and people that were psychic were seeing these ghost things sitting in the chairs. And that it's just weird stuff can happen like that, that our minds can't conceive is even possible. Well, I mean, that's something that uh, intrigued me the most about uh, the original email that you sent to us is talking about how there these darker energies use ghosts as kind of their, their pawns, as their puppets. They're using somebody else's spirit and controlling it in a way to kind of uh, affect the living. All the time. And when you see the malevolent ghosts doing things on these uh, ghost hunting shows and they're pushing people down the stairs, they're doing scratches, I, when they're being mean to the people, or literally, they literally could be trying to hurt them or kill them. I mean, Usually in those cases, there's dark energy that has made an agreement with that ghost to be more, have an agreement with them so the dark energy can work through them and do even more horrific things to humans because they, dark energy feeds off of humans' light. I mean, they, that's how they stay here and they stay in this, this dimension. They're usually multidimensional beings, but that's how they stay in this dimension and we're like food sources. So they're lower consciousness energy, and that's just one way that they can access human human energy. So if you're just, you know, Joe Schmo, weekend warrior, ghost hunter, and you're going into these places to help these people, you might not realize that there is, you know, that, that darker force controlling things. You might not realize that when you're dealing with these, these ghosts, and you could be playing right into the hands of, of these darker entities. Absolutely. It, it's happening all the time, and it's happening everywhere, not just even in um, the infiltrated, the worst places that are really active. Um, but, yes, they will go in there, and the ghost hunters are vulnerable, especially if they're unaware. They're even more vulnerable. But that's why 
you notice too, and uh, I'm not naming any names because I don't really, I don't remember the names even, but some of the ghost shows, like they get worse as time goes on. You can see the people get more edgy. And, you know, it kind of concerns me that that happens because you can tell the ghosts are, um, and the dark energies are draining them and they're causing mood swings. And you can just tell that that's happening with them. And it's like, ah, I wish that they knew how to protect themselves better. I mean, it kind of drives me crazy sometimes when I see that because there are ways to protect yourself and with prayer and calling in light and clearing afterwards, um, saying prayers for clearing. I mean, we, we a, yeah, I was going to say, we just had last week, we had Porter from Haunted Towns and, and Ghost Asylum here with us in the studio. And, you know, they're just getting ready to go film uh, another season of, of Haunted Towns. And, you know, he looks great. He looks refreshed. He looks ready. He looks, and I know that by the time he's done going to all of these places, you know, not only just the travel alone, the travel he's used to, he's doing that all the time now, but going there and, and going up against these entities that they will encounter because they just seem to always encounter these darker things. Uh, they're not, it's not like they go looking for them. That just seems to be who comes out to, to reach out to them. And, you know, six, eight weeks from now, I know he's just going to come back looking like, you know, he needs to go away for three or four months again to, to recharge his batteries. At least he's doing that. I mean, if that's working for him, that's good. At least you see him being recharged after that because some people don't even do that, and then they have worse things happening. Like some of these ghost hunters, some of the clues are if they are having negative things occur in their lives more and more, such as um, if their life, if they if they have negative things such as um, bad luck, um their life is just starting to go the wrong direction and negative things are um, just attracted to them, you know there's some clearing that needs to be done. There's physical signs that are happening that show a person, just like just like Stephanie and you saw with the person, the girl that needed that removal. I mean, negative signs are there that are, that are happening to somebody and they could go on emotional mood swings. They will feel drained and tired, um, they can have accidents. I mean, you see it in the ghost shows. I mean, people know when stuff is not going right in their life. Well, I notice the same thing happens with people that interact with regular humans on a daily basis that are in a negative uh, vein. So I have friends that are social workers and that work in the mental health field and police officers especially, when you're dealing with a, with negatively minded people, it's a drain on you personally. So if you're working with Very negative true. spirits, why would not the same thing occur? The only difference Very is... Good point. But not, not, to, not to interrupt you, Kimberly, but the only difference is when you're dealing with the negative person, at least you yes. know what yeah. you're dealing with. Yeah. It's, not always. Mm, you can but, see. Yeah, but you can, you can eventually pick up on the vibes and know... That when you walk away from that person, that's that's ended. Yeah. I'm a little bit terrified by what she's talking about, and then being able to control the other spirits that we're talking about, because that's how they get you. They do, and um, I think that's a good point with regard to even, let's say, social workers or people that work around people a, a lot, even hairdressers or counselors. When you're working around a lot of people, um, it's important to cut cords and energetic cords between anyone that you've come in contact with and end all contracts, bonds, pacts, alignments agree, uh, across all time and space. Ask that your your auric field, your energy body be cleared with 
white light, the light, and you say, um, like, you're not like a religious person, then, you know, if someone isn't a religious person, I would bring in even a light color, such as white light and clear the energy field and you can even visualize it be clearing your energy field and just pushing out and sending way far away from you anything that's dark anything that doesn't belong there and saying this is not your rightful place you may not stay here and cutting cords and ending contracts because that will assist in many ways because we have free will of choice as well and we can uh, clear them and push them out of us and we have uh, here tonight guest hosting with us is Andrew Lake. Uh, he's a paranormal researcher from Rhode Island. And, Andrew, I know you've had cases where you've gone back again and again and again, and, and whatever was there had this type of an effect on you. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I looked into a case for seven years, and uh, through my research and working with Stephanie and some other very talented psychics, I was convinced that sometime in the 1800s they were literally sacrificing people in this woods and throwing their bodies down a primitive well with Stephanie's help, we actually dug and found the old well. And the more I dug into it to see if I could find any evidence of human remains, people said I was changing. My personality was changing. Um, the other thing that I found really unusual, you talk about spirits uh, affecting you and, and wanting to mess with you. Uh, my car had three dangerous malfunctions uh, involving the acceleration of the vehicle. The car just all of a sudden started flying like a rocket. And when I took it to my mechanic um, to look at it, at the end of the day, he said, Andrew, I could not find any explanation for why your car did that. The only explanation I can find is a ghost mess with your car. So not, yeah, only, can they mess, not, not only can they mess with you emotionally and, and, and you know physically, they can actually. And Stephanie warned me. She said, when they bring in the digging equipment to start digging for the well, stay away. Because if this guy could kill you, he would. Oh, my gosh. She's right on. She found the wow. hole. She said it was nine and a half feet down, and we found it. We dug a hole right where she said to dig it, and there was the old-fashioned well, what was left of it with the old capstone and everything. And after that, you had the three dangerous car malfunctions? Yeah, my car just, uh, that weekend we were digging the hole. Uh, I, every time, it was three times I left my house to go over to continue with the dig, and my uh, my Jeep just all of a sudden went boom, and I threw it in neutral and pulled the car over. And I it, the, there were no more cables attached to accelerators. Uh, so that the, the pedal wasn't stuck. The engine was just racing like a like a rocket. And I was smart enough to throw it in neutral and, and pull the car over the side of the road. But my mechanic was literally spooked. All his mechanics looked at me odd when I came back. And they said, Andrew, if you had a psychic telling you that this guy would try and kill you, we can find no no explanation why your Jeep did that. It doesn't have cruise control or anything. It's a very primitive-style uh, Jeep. And, uh, it, but also it, it pretty new. It's, it's it was not, it was a, yeah. it was a new it was a new vehicle. Yeah, and he could find and he's a he's a darn good mechanic. We call him MacGyver, not only because he can fix everything, but he actually looks like MacGyver. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was spooky. And I had a couple of people, including Stephanie, saying, "Andy, at times your face changes." And uh, yeah, uh, I brought in I brought in a few uh, psychics that were very talented, and they all told the same story. So I believe there were horrible things going on on that property. People were sacrificed to something in the ground is what I was told, and we were dealing with elementals and, and, and so on and so forth. And I had to walk away from the case eventually because not only was it affecting me, it was affecting the family. So I just had to unfortunately wash my hands and, and walk away and say, you won, I lost, I guess. 
Oh, wow. And any, so the car is okay now? Well, I, I actually, uh, the other thing that happened to that car, the uh, head gasket also burned on it. And my mechanic said, Andrew, I've worked on every model of this Jeep, and none of them have ever burned a head gasket. So not only was my acceleration system affected some way, uh, something burned my, my head gasket. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. I, I That can happen because they go into electronics. They can mess with computers. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and some the dark beans uh they've they some of them are so ancient. They've been here a long time. And so that's also why how I think ghosts know how to do these things because sometimes maybe dark beans have taught them how to, how to uh manipulate even me- mechanical things such as cars or computers any electronic device. And that's why it's good to also pray or ask or bring in white light to clear any electronics in your home. Car, vehicles, property. I would stand every. White light. I would stand at the end of every day. Every investigation was there, day and night. And I'd stand there, and I would roughly tell this thing: "You are not getting in this car with me. You are staying here." I had another psychic actually make up a a uh, a mixture of uh, of uh, uh, herbs and, and and so on, and made sort of like a, a mist. And I would actually spray myself down with this stuff in the inside of the car, and I would roughly say, "You belong here. You're staying here. You're not coming home with me." Uh, you talk about computers. Three, oh, excuse me, not three times, twice the homeowner went to turn on a computer to show friends my website to let them know who was investigating her house. And on two occasions, the screen on the computers literally exploded and cracked and broke. What about the You're time? Kidding. Nope, no, I'm not. And computer experts looked at it and got scared when, when she, they said, I can't explain this. And then they told them about the activity in the house. And the two computer experts were actually... You're like, like you're, you're kidding me, right? And they're like, no. And they're like, okay, lady, you're, I'm all done with you and your house. I don't know how to explain this. I'm out of here. What about the time uh, you brought me there? I think it was the first time there. Mm-hmm. The television coming on. Oh, we were yeah. having. Uh, well, they used to mess with the electronics big time in there. But there were some nice people that were trapped there, and they were being trapped there by some awful people that made a pact with something living underneath that house. You're kidding? No, it was it was it's most fascinating and scary thing. It it, it it possessed me. I was I I was on that case for seven years and couldn't let go of it. And I eventually said, you know what, this thing is messing with me. It wants me to stay here and and own me. Mm. Mm. You knew that. You could feel it. Well, I had good people like Stephanie and others working with me. I had an, an old woman in her 80s named Pat. Uh, her and her granddaughter were absolutely remarkable uh, too. Uh, witches of uh, white light. They were very good people, and um, they they said the same thing. They said people were messing with something. They they thought they were k- killing people and offering up these people as sacrifices to something under the ground. And uh, we, I mean, we we, we had uh, I, mean, I could go on for hours about it. But the point is, with your your you being here tonight, is I, I do believe you're right. I think there are there are entities, there are creatures that can absolutely uh, possess and mess with people for for their own entertainment. I know, unfortunately. I didn't want to believe it for years. Even being intuitive and psychic, I did, I was in denial for years, but it finally, just reality and the truth, I had to face it because of, of some of my experiences of like a dark being hovering over my bed one time and then me realizing I need to get cleaned, somehow clear this stuff because I felt like I was getting attacked at one point. And so I totally understand what you're saying about when you feel like and you're having physical things happen where it's attacking, 
you even through your car and your computer screens, break, and, you know, cracking. And my health, I lost a, a great deal of weight, and I had some sort of bizarre respiratory problem. And I, I actually have a picture still in my collection of photographs, and I look at it, and I'm like, I cannot believe I got that thin and looked that pale and I was that weak. And um, uh, I, I was, uh, I think at least three or four times, I was woken up in the middle of the night around three o'clock in the morning as if something was trying to crush my lungs. And mm. I actually prayed. Oh my to, God. I actually asked my grandfather and my dad to please come and help me. I really, honestly, I'm not exaggerating. I thought I was going to die. I was so scared. I know you're not. And, uh, and I do believe my grandfather, my father. And the funny thing is my father never believed in the supernatural. He used to roll his eyes at me. And I tell people now he knows more about ghosts than I do because he's contacted yes. me from the other side. And, <laughs> and it's pretty funny. Oh, that good for you for calling them in. Oh, my gosh. Did, did the, could the doctors find anything wrong? No, because to tell you the truth, I, I didn't have any medical insurance. And I was also kind of scared. And I didn't want to scare my, my elderly mom. I didn't want her to... To, to know exactly what I was dealing with. She's open-minded to the paranormal, and uh, somebody showed up in her bedroom at 5 o'clock in the morning and yelled at her and told her, tell Andrew to stop digging. And that, oh, that, that scared kidding. No, that was scary. She said it was a short, squat female character, and she, was, she woke up, thought she had to go to the bathroom, and turned, and there was someone standing in her bedroom and said, tell Andrew to stop digging. And she screamed out to me. I went run, run downstairs and... Uh, because I'm you know, taking care of her in her old age. I took care of my father when he was ill. And um, the funny thing is my father um, was you know, par- paralyzed from a stroke and couldn't speak in the last four and a half years of his life. But he had heard these stories. I was telling a CNA about my investigations. And he would actually show up at that house um, and talk to an autistic boy. And hang out oh, with the wow. owners, yeah, the owner's dead mother. So, like I said, I got such a kick out of it because my dad used to roll his eyes whenever I talked about ghosts, and the supernatural, and and he was there trying to trying to help me, and you know, any way he could. Oh my goodness! And so you got better after this? Yeah, after I walked away, I had I had to leave. I had to leave. It was obvious that we were all being messed with, and it was causing tensions in the family. And uh, it would lure me in. I, I would get tantalized, like I was going to solve the mystery. I was finding historic facts. I was having these great coincidences where I'd run into somebody and they'd give me interesting information. And I, I woke up and realized, this this thing is luring me back in. And right, right when I think I'd get discouraged mm. and go, well, I've done as much as I can, something exciting would happen. And it dawned on me, you're, you're being played with. Good for you for realizing that because so many people don't. No, you get kind of greedy as a ghost hunter. You want to be that guy that has that case. You know, you want to have the next Enfield poltergeist. And I actually made that. I said, you know, geez, maybe this could be my Enfield poltergeist. And I stopped and I said, what are you doing? What are you like? What are you, is this for your ego or something? Like, all of a sudden, think about that. You're not an egotist. And I was like, something's playing with my ego. It's like it's trying to seduce me. Yes. And, and, do, and Stephanie do. said there was a beautiful young woman who would who would curl her finger through her hair and go, "Ooh, Andrew's here, my hero. He'll find my remains. Andrew's here." And then I realized this isn't a good woman. This is I've been played by women before, you know. So, <laughs> so I realized, yeah, you know, I've been I've been I've been lured down the garden trail to be uh, used a couple of times. You know, I'm I'm, I'm naive, but uh, but it dawned on me this wasn't a sweet innocent girl asking for my help. This was something posing. And, and and Stephanie started to wonder that herself too, because she was saying, "Yeah, it's she seems a little too you know you know hot to trot for you for for a ghost looking for help." You've gotten a lot farther than most people in uncovering what actually happens with ghosts and dark energy and how they mess with you. 
Yeah. You've gotten so much further than a lot of people. Well, I was even lured into the woods by a pug wedgie uh, using Tai Pai Wonka. <laughs> and I brought Stephanie to the location uh, about a year later. And she I didn't tell her any of this. And she looked off in the woods and said, Andrew, did you ever foul a a, a light source out there in the woods and I, and I looked at her and I said yeah she goes what are you stupid she goes you know the legends of the Pugwudgie you don't follow balls of light into the woods and I said yeah once I went about a hundred yards into this forest I was like what am I doing and I turned and ran like a scared little kid back to, to the starting point it was uh, I can laugh at it now but it was kind of spooky then how long after you stopped uh, doing the investigation did things clear up I would, I would I, uh, well for me I think my life seemed to get back to, to normal, whatever normal is. I would say probably within like six months, it, it just it, I was able to just go, Good. yeah, this is off my back. And, and uh, um, it's a shame because uh, the, the family and I started to butt heads. And, and I, in my heart, I don't hold any ill feelings towards them because um, even though, you know, they may not agree with me because of their, their religious beliefs, I, I really think all of us were being messed with by something very old and very sinister. I, I believe it. And they do mess with the entire family like that. They'll just keep spreading out wider if they can. Oh, yeah. Well, we do have to take a break, Kimberly. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk more with you about some of these, uh, some of this work that you have done. And we'll talk about some of the, uh, I have an idea of something that I think might be kind of related to this as we're talking about this. And, uh, and we'll share more information with you out there. If you want to call in with any questions, 508-996-0500. 877-996-1420. We'll have more Spooky South Coast coming up in just a moment. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Our number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, science advisor, Matt Moniz, Andrew Lake. We are all here talking with our guest tonight, Kimberly Dawn. She is a psychic who has the ability to help clean out some of these negative energies that um, that seem to be hanging around and controlling some of the ghosts. We were talking in the first hour about how these negative Beings, these negative entities can actually control other spirits to manipulate the people. And and uh, Andrew was sharing some stories from his experiences, Moniz as well. And Kimberly, I I was thinking about this for a long time when it comes to the Lizzie Borden case. And I don't know how familiar you are with the spirits of the Lizzie Borden house, but for a long time mm-hmm. I felt like there's something darker there that either 
manipulates the spirits of the Bordens or even pretends to be the spirit of the Bordens in order to get people to keep coming back and keep feeding into, you know, just coming in there every day, talking about the murders, is basically creating food for this thing to feast on. I think you're right on with that. And there are darker energies in most haunted places, but I'm I'm, uh, somewhat familiar. I've seen a couple shows with that case, the Lizzie Borden case, and definitely there's dark... I can feel it definitely when I watch a show about the case and whoever did the murder definitely was infiltrated by darker as well. But that is, I think you're correct. It does like bait people. A lot of darker energies want the the place to remain haunted by them and ghosts because they want to feed off of people and infiltrate them. They can put cords in people. They can put like darker seeds and energy it can look like streams of dark smoke, but it can actually end up being like a little seed in you, and that seed can end up growing and proliferating. And that's what causes health problems in many cases. Well, you mentioned in the email that there are actual physical symptoms that people will feel if they're, if they're encountering something like this. Say that again. You'd mentioned that there's actually some some physical feelings that people will have if they are if they're if you encounter one of these dark energies. There's there's something yes. that will actually happen to you, a physiological reaction to it. Yeah, it can be massive amounts of fear, anxiety, um, old traumas are triggered. You might have memories of something a flat, uh, really bad fear come up in your mind because they can also manipulate the thoughts or plant thoughts in in the person's mind when they say walk through a haunted place. The person can go through emotional roller coasters. Um, they can feed off of that tragedy of any tragedy that's happened in that place and you in the past. So it, you're going to feel triggers, emotional triggers, and upheaval and emotional insecure instability and also physical pain sometimes you'll feel they can do that and you will feel nauseous and so if they have the nauseous feeling is huge because that's a, a, an indicator very strong indicator that you have been triggered by a darker being when you start feeling nauseous because usually they have triggered something within you that's like a darker we all are not fully clear clean and cleared we all have um say very old maybe little implants or little dark seeds and when they trigger those that causes nauseous feelings and sensations i've i've felt that a few times myself i usually just attribute it to the pizza because we always have pizza before every investigation but the Somebody brought up a, a point in the in the que- in the chat room. Somebody brought up a question where, if you do have a case like, say, the Borden House or some of these other famous haunts where people are, uh, you know, investigators want to go and visit and they pay to go and visit, and 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 where the the hauntings have kind of become a tourist attraction. Yeah, it's an economic factor for the location. What happens then if you need to to move some of this negative energy on? Do you have to take that into account that, you know, you could be putting this place out of business if if it's no longer haunted? Well, yeah, and really, whoever owns the building and the location would need to be in agreement. I mean, definitely, it, you prob you probably couldn't clear all of 
you're going to be able to clear it better if the person is in agreement. I mean, but you, they need to be in agreement. Um, and then when the dark, say they are, say they, a, a location doesn't mind, or you have someone's house and they really want it cleared. When the higher beings of light, such as Archangel Michael and the Archangels and um, a team that I work with called the Seraphim Angel Healing Team that work with the Archangels, they know how to move these darker beings. And what it looks like is I see it visually like um, they take them up in these uh, crystal-like structures and they don't necessarily kill, it's not killing them, it's just moving them way to a different dimension, different location than Earth, because what's happened on Earth is they've collected here, because the shootings are getting worse, the negativity is getting worse on Earth. This has been happening for over a thousand years on Earth, where the dark beings are coming in interdimensionally, and like attracts like, it's like magnets attracting more of the same, and so when it when it gets to be too much in a location and the dark energy, negative energy is overtaking people, places, things, or it's um, it, the energy of yin and yang uh, has gotten out of balance, the positive and negative, the negative is getting out of balance, then the higher beings of light will intercede more. But our prayer and our permission actually assists them it gives them an opening to come and help in that location and i think that there's there's something to be said too for almost like having a a, a place like the boarding house where you know that this is what's going on and you can go in there and you can just as long as you keep that in the back of your mind and like andrew had with his case where you learn and you understand what it's trying to do, that it's trying to manipulate manipulate you, maybe you can go in there and experience that and kind of learn how to be able to do battle with it. And what about all the times you do battle in there yourself? You bring that upon yourself. The house beats the snot out of you. I've watched it on how many occasions. But that's what I'm thinking. Now that I go into it with that knowledge, knowing that I'm not talking to Andrew Borden, I'm not talking to Lizzie or... Or uh, Emma, or you know, any any other of the the characters associated with that at all. I'm talking to this dark thing that calls itself John. That's who I'm talking to, no matter who it is that it's pretending to be. And I just go into it now with that mindset, and that's who I'm dealing with when I go there. And I don't get caught up in all the other stories. You know, when people are saying, "Oh, I'm having an EVP session," or "I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and I'm talking to to Abby Borden," I just I know that they're not. And yes. I, I, I try to make them aware of that, like, hey, listen, just so you know, it's probably not Abby that you're talking to. That's, you're becoming more and more aware of what's really going on. You're becoming aware of the truth. So I think having a place like that where people can go and learn, you know, where to pick up on some of those signs and, and where to be able to control the, you know, be able to still control the investigation while this other force is trying to work against you you know, it can it can have value in, in still having that, that energy being there. And I I see what you're saying, and that is the benefit of, say, us even living on Earth with the dark infiltrating more and more, is the benefit for humans is that they're able to wake up more out of the sleepiness that humans are in, out of the dense filters that we have as 3D humans. We're able to break through some of that density around even our brain and our mind area 
we're able to see more of the truth of what's going on. It wakes us up more. And then what happens when we wake up more? We connect to our higher self more, which is our true power. Connect to source light, which is our true power. That's where we come from. So it's helping people actually. It's doing the opposite effect in some cases when people choose not to allow the dark. Like you're doing, you're consciously doing, you're choosing to not listen to the dark when you go in there to the Lizzie Borden house. You're choosing to go, okay, I know what you are, and I know what's going on here. And so you're choosing to listen really to your higher self. And I think it's paid off for me in the sense that, you know, I always I always say I'm a, a, a psychic as a brick. Uh, over the years, I think that that has changed. Uh, as I said last night, now maybe I'm about as psychic as a sponge. You know, I'm starting to get a little bit better at it. But I think that that's actually helped me out now when I go to other investigations and I get wrapped up in the moment and I get wrapped up in what's going on and I'm taking everything at face value. But then all of a sudden I'll have that moment where I, I feel something like in the pit of my stomach and I say, wait a minute, this isn't really what's going on. This isn't what we're hearing here. This is something completely different. And let's just let's just go somewhere else. Let's stop doing what we're doing right now. The pit of stomach is key because um, for many, many people, including myself, if I get that feeling in the pit of the stomach, listen to that because something is wrong when you get that. It's it's definitely helped me out on uh, on multiple occasions. So now when you're dealing with this, you've kind of touched upon it a little bit, but what is the process for you when you get called into a place or if somebody calls you because they think that there's something going on, how do you go in and assess what's going on? And then how do you start about the process of, of, of the removal, of, if that's what it calls for? So a lot of, um, some of my work is in person, some of it is distance. Um, I can do either. Um, when somebody says there's a lot going on, I mean, what I will do ahead of time is go into meditation. And we have, with spiritual cleansing crystal lights that I've created that have been blessed by the archangels that I work with, the healing angel team that I work with, I'll go into meditation and ask them to show me what's going on. Show me the truth of the situation so that I can diagnose and see what's going on with all the dark there, with the ghost, what's what's the bat, what's really horrific there. And then if I physically go to the location, I bring the spiritual cleansing crystal lights, and um, you can see that on the web, my website. And an easy way to get there is clearparanormal.com. It's on my homepage where it's a free, um, you can download nine free prayers, but um, that will help for protection. But um, I go in there with the crystal lights, and then if the crystal lights uh, usually need to stay there 24 hours, that helps the healing team to have a geographic location to do the clearings. That helps, get, and then, of course, the owners have given their permission. So then the higher beings of light I work with will come in and do the cleansing for the next 24 hours. If I do it from a distance and the person doesn't have the crystal lights, say I'm in Skype with them or um, the phone, the healing team that I work with, the angels, already know their geolocation and it still can be done. Um, it's They have the ability more than me. I'm more of the psychic that can, they show me what the issue is and what needs to be cleared up so that I could work with the person and help them end agreements and help see if there's any areas that I need to help advise them on as well. Because if you look at situations such as um, someone in a family unit and, and they're still using, say, a Ouija board or they're doing 
um, worshiping the devil or um, if there's a situation going like that in a family unit, that's important for the family member to know. Or if there's addictions going on, that's important to talk about and because that could be the culprit of what's also letting dark energy in. So that's more my job to help the family member advise them on what else they can do with living a healthy lifestyle to help and clearing cords and ending contracts, then the angels and the higher beings of light do the rest of the work. That's just what I, that's what I have unfolded with my higher healing team and they're excellent at it because that's what their specialty is. They know how to move dark energy from its location up and where it, they know where it needs to go and take it up and out of the earth field. That's just what they're good at. And disembodied spirits, like we talked about, they'll help them, um, give them another place to go to. And so I am so, so grateful to do this work because of how much I went through dark attacks and it, that I had to go through all of that to get to where I'm at right now with my work of what I'm doing here, what I was meant to do on earth. So what was that process like for you? What, what was it that happened to you that, that made this open up this pathway for you? I, I went to, and, um, I went to this like spiritual church for um, about a year just to meet more spiritually like-minded people. And this was, um, this was a time where I was in like transition in my life and, um, and I started getting dark attacks from, from doing meditation at this church. And there was like a dark bean over my bed and it was about seven months, eight months worth of like this dark bean showing up and literally it would attack my front root chakra and, and it felt very violating. And I was just like, no matter what I did, I couldn't clear it. I mean, it, I, there, it was just horrific. And I'm like, I don't, I, this thing is like follows me everywhere. And then it starts attacking no matter where I'm at. Um, but the worst time was like when I'm sleeping and I would get woken up with it hovering over me. That just kind of brought me to my knees with re, with having to wake up that this really existed. And so I found a healer that did darker clearings and when I would get the reading clearing from her, I started to realize this is really real. And it woke me up more and more with my guides and angels as to what I was here to do on earth to help others get through. I mean, it was seven months of clearings before this thing let up and was gone. Wow. And and it's not just a matter of, you know, we're talking about these entities kind of uh, working their way and infiltrating into locations and manipulating the spirits that are in those locations, but can can they also infiltrate and manipulate living people too? Any All the time, because it's like in, in unsuspecting places. You know, one of the worst places is some of the grocery stores and stores you go into. I mean, there is dark there. They're, they're everywhere. And so they will try to manipulate humans. Some locations are thicker with it than others. So there's just I negative mean, beings hanging out in the stop and shop across the street? Yes. Yes. They're everywhere. I'm telling you, they really are. I mean, that's what I started realizing. Where have they found the least? Oh, good question. Yeah, because that's why I want to go shopping. <laughs> yeah. That's... <laughs> When somebody is really connected and they are bringing in prayers, 
they're connected to their higher self. They're connected to source light energy, and they're saying prayers for healing and clearing. A person that's really connected like that, and I can think of an example of on one of the ghost shows where there was there was this one priest I saw, and whenever he would say prayers, I would get chills because he was very connected and his light, like the chills were the higher light and the beings he worked with, the higher uh, light beings. I could feel them come in and start clearing the place. There's some people that, you know, that are have practiced that and they're good at it. So places that have, have said a lot of prayers. But there's a caveat there, a warning, because even places you think are going to be clear, like yoga places or meditation places, could be majorly infiltrated so that's why i always go back to listening to your gut if you walk in a place feel and see what is your gut saying about this place do you feel heavier do you feel moody afterwards i mean i definitely feel heavier after i go into stop and shop but that's from all those free samples that i grab while i'm in there (laughs) so can you tell when somebody is under the influence of one of these darker beings? Like if you're watching television, can you say, hey, that person is, seems to be under somebody else's control? Yeah, yes. Um, and you can ask my partner. Um, he definitely, like, I can't keep my mouth shut sometimes because <laughs> I'm like, ah, they, there's, such, there's something dark, like, attached to them. But that's also because, um, that's also because, I can, I, they've tuned my energy field, my auric field to be like an antenna for, I'm very tuned to where there's dark energy within someone or around them or feeding off of them. And I can definitely see it. I can see it even when I go to the grocery store and I'm checking out of the checkout line and in, around somebody. You can just tell. And you can tell sometimes it's mild and sometimes it's just a lot worse. Like on some of the shows, the people's eyes just look more dark and infiltrated. I mean, I guess I have to ask, is is there anybody that you could give us an example of? Oh, man. <laughs> I hate to name names. <laughs> well, let me ask you it this way. Is, is is it more likely to happen watching, you know, a Hollywood-produced show with actors and actresses, or is it more likely to happen watching a news channel? Oh, like when I see it? Yeah. Like, does it seem to, to, to go after, you know, a certain type of, of person oh. more? It does. Um, it also depends on that person's life. Um, say, it just if that person has had traumas in their life, they have a vulnerability. They have vulnerabilities. If And all of us have had traumas. I mean, if a person is sensitive and in intuitive even... Or they open up, you know, like walking in a haunted house, of course, that person is more vulnerable. Um, when someone is going through the grieving process, someone's just died, they're more vulnerable. Um, if you've had a traumatic event, like someone someone died horrifically that you know, be careful in those situations, anything traumatic that's happened, because that's when they really do try. And even when you think you're safe, like me going to um, a spiritual church, um, and then, it ha- you know, I get infiltrated after going there a year. And I was just like, oh, not going to churches anymore um, for me, even though, you know, I very much believe in source light energy and connecting fully and prayer and all of that. Well, but, well let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If, if we're going to talk about celebrities, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and, and mention your name. How about Charlie Sheen? That poor guy looks like he's got all kinds of things haunting him. 
Okay, so that what's coming Tra- to Tra- mind with him is... Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep going. <clears throat> well, okay, so anytime somebody... someone That's a good point. Um, anytime somebody has done drugs in the past, um, has addiction, they have basically... Even psychedelic drugs, to because a lot of people now in their you know teens, twenties, thirties, it's becoming like a hip thing to do psychedelics, and I know it has been for a long time for many people, but it creates a crack in the auric field. It splits um, a hole, like an opening, and it can create your auric field to be um, not healthy, and that creates a vulnerability and allows them in, um, yeah, especially one- when you're not. You know, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say one of his his uh, former uh, wives said that um, she uh, found some evidence that he was into some very horrible, sinister things, and uh, I couldn't help that think that uh, he he went down a path and couldn't come back. So many are that's happened. I mean, yeah, I hate to read into celebrities like directly, but I can tell you in general, like some of the patterns and what it creates. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, every, you know, obviously, we start talking about this, and and the chat room starts lighting up with people mentioning particular politicians. Uh, but my point was more, you know, do you see it more in in something that is the person just being themselves, or can you still see it even when the person is acting and 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 portraying somebody else? I mean, is this something that can people hide this uh, if it's something that is taking over their life? Could, well, could, there is no, mm-hmm. there's no safe zones when it comes to dark infiltrating somebody. There's no safe zone, so they're gonna the dark will continue to infiltrate worse. So, can somebody see that? Yes, if you start tuning into people being infiltrated and what are the signs, you definitely can see it. I don't think there is any hiding it energetically, especially when you start tuning yourself to what is that energy. And are we talking about? individual specific entities that are trying to just feed off the life energy of the living or, or or is there some sort of a is there a conspiracy amongst these darker entities are they working together with some sort of a, a plan behind it there are groups of them so like somebody might think that okay this like me i thought this dark being is over my bed and he, um whoever it just dark being is tries to attack my front root chakra and i would just feel these attacks but it it not necessarily was one one dark force energy it they are connected to groups of them so it might feel like one but just they are connected to groups of them so there's and that's mm-hmm. I was going to say, so there's definitely, you know, uh, you could you could be you could be working to remove one, but that could just be one of of many that's that's working in concert. Yes, and um, exactly, and they'd love to work in concert, the groups of them, because it's more it's a feeding ground. If it's a it's a feeding frenzy, and really, when it comes to famous people or celebrities, they don't discriminate. I mean, they're going to feed on whoever has. The, who's ever the easiest target and has the most vulnerabilities and access. Well, I would be worried, you know, if I had that ability that you have, if I was, you know, just watching TV, that it would just, it would drive me crazy to know if there was that many people that, that need the help and that, that don't realize it. 
you know, I don't, I don't think I'd be able to, to, or, I mean, I guess it's the same thing in just going out of the house every day. Like you said, going to the store, you know, you're realizing that there's all these people around you. How do you handle that? I mean, do you, how do you broach that subject with somebody if you feel like you need to? I don't. Um, and just to give you like an analogy of like, even, even if you picture sharks, um, out in the ocean and a drop of blood happens like that's the dark they're gonna they're gonna smell that dark that drop of blood but i've learned to close my orc field and antenna so i'll and my my psychic antennas and i'll bring them in but that i still sense and see feel dark in people and around and at grocery stores and even just in my car and i'll start saying prayers um and but i will pull my auric field in and then I'll put white light around me and also silver metallic light around my auric field and I'll say out loud in my car anything that's trying to mess with me must leave and I call in my Christ consciousness guides and angels and I actually say something that says I bind you in Christ light and I call in my Christ conscious or even call in the Christ consciousness guides and angels and they are taking you to where they know you need to go but you may not stay here you must leave and anytime even say a ghost, um, I feel like it's kind of a ghost. Usually the ghost is can be infiltrated. So I never just trust, oh, it's just a harmless ghost. But what were you gonna say? I was just gonna ask and, and all of these entities uh would respond to that. They they would you know, they would fear Christ because I mean if if you're not a believer then how does it mm-hmm. have an effect on you? It, you know, even though I do believe in the angels and, and Christ, it's still, um, it's a practice and it's a practice like with commanding what's in and around your energy field and cutting cords and living a healthier lifestyle. Um, because, you know, drugs and things like that, or if you're living an unhealthy lifestyle, that can bring them in. So it takes physically doing things like live a healthy lifestyle, but also just commanding your own space and practice practicing sensing if you're starting to feel drained or you get that bad feeling in your gut saying pushing them out and saying no this is not your rightful place yes they are afraid of christ truthfully and so even if you don't believe you can do that if you're drawn if you feel drawn it's always a good tool in your toolbox or call in the highest angel you believe in such as archangel michael or your your higher self or white light i call in source light energy i call in white light to remove you, this is not your rightful place, or Christ white light. This is not your rightful place, you must leave. And it takes practice, because it took me a long time. That's why it took seven months, I think, to get rid of that dark being to begin with with me, because I had to build up my strength, because I'm such a sensitive, so, uh, you know, that's my own vulnerability. But what other questions? So we're talking about this working for... Uh, you know, dealing with with spirits and and dealing with uh, you know these darker entities. What about people who are having encounters with with aliens? Do you do you think that You're those? In my head. Well, that's the it's something that we fight about all the time, myself and Moniz, uh, about what the nature of these these beings are. What and, and how do you how do you kind of correlate what goes on with alien abductions and alien visitations with what it is that you do? So alien abductions, there can be, again, use your gut instinct because there are higher level intelligent alien beings here helping the earth. 
and there are some lower-level ones, that there are aliens that do work with darker energy groups, darker beings. So use your gut, and that's why it's important to get uh, tuned with your body to sense energy and to feel, does something feel off here? Because if something feels off, it usually is. So um, just like the dark beings can run the gamut, there's so many different kinds of them. The aliens, um, there's just um, so many different types and kinds that some are very high-level consciousness and some aren't, aren't, and they do work with the dark. Now, I'm glad you brought this up, Tim, because I was just uh, watching a short documentary on YouTube about alien abduction, and apparently uh, something that's been going on with the abductees is they have found some cases where people said when these things that seemed to be greys, what we would call the greys, were trying to get them out of their bedroom, uh, there were some cases that people started calling on for the help of Christ and, and, and for the light of Christ, and it seemed to make these things let them go, and they scampered, and they were gone. So it made me wonder, were they really dealing with extraterrestrial scientists or some lower being that was trying to get in on their game, so to speak? Right. Twelve years mm. ago, Heidi Hollis was telling us, you know, we can avoid alien abductions by invoking the name of Jesus. and. And I thought that that was ridiculous when she said that, but it, it it seems to work in some cases. And as somebody who's been personally involved in researching alien abductions for the past going on 30 years, I can tell you that's a bunch of hogwash. Because I've known several, even, you know, high-level clerics that have tried that, and it doesn't work. But uh, it's, it's, it works with some people. But but, but maybe what, what what we're saying is here is maybe some of these things aren't what right. we would assume they are. Right, right. In other words, they're not alien right. scientists trying to you know just collect us for information. It may be something going. Hey, I'm going to get in in this game. I'm just going to go in and play the same game. We're gonna we're gonna come in and, and do the same uh, tactics, and, but we have a different motive. Right, and that's the hard part that I have to deal with. What am I dealing with? Yeah. Am I dealing with an actual alien abduction, or sometimes am I dealing with somebody that's being played with? But like by she said, by one of these lower right. energy. Right, so you need to reach out yeah. to Kimberly Dawn so she yeah. can help you with that. Yeah. But that must happen. There must be, you know, some who kind of take that alien fear and, and prey on that uh, and play on that when they're trying to go after people. Of course, they'll take any fear, any fear that, that they can play on like that. Um, and even, Matt, with what you um how you commanded them to leave you alone after the car incident? Oh, yep. Oh, no, Andrew. You... Yep. That would oh. be Andrew. Yeah, I'm Andrew. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. I'm so, uh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, Andrew, um, when you commanded them to leave, like, that was really good. I mean, you were powerful in that. What did you, how did you command them to leave you alone? Well, there's the, that was, again, that was the, the help of some of the, uh, the gals that I brought in, uh, the metaphysical uh, teams that I brought in, the psychics. They were telling me that I, I have to do that before I leave that address. They, they were concerned for me because they thought I was kind of taking this a little too, um, you know, uh, I was too interested in being Sherlock Holmes and doing the historic research to match up with the activity in the house. But what I didn't know is I just wasn't dealing with the ghosts of human beings that were murdered. I was dealing with the thing that commanded the guy to kill them. So I had the victims, I had the killer and his buddies, and I had the thing that was the puppet master. So uh, that when I woke up to that reality, I listened to the gals and realized, yeah, you know, I- I'm going to have to take this a little more seriously. And I carried Palisanto wood with me, you know, for smudging and and so on and so forth. And I took their guidance. So it wasn't like I 
figured this out on my own. I, I had to have a couple of gals take me aside and go, Andrew, you, you got to take this a little more seriously than you are. And, and I did because I trusted them. Very good. Because it's, it, it, it's different in every situation how someone wakes up to this and then what they learn to do because it really is a practice in seeing what works and what doesn't. Mm. And I do think, too, that um, as we're dealing with different aspects of the paranormal, we're, people are becoming desensitized to certain things. So you might not be able to prey on somebody as much through a ghost. You know, you might be able to just kind of suck them in enough to pay attention, but you're not going to get that, that fear reaction. You're not going to get that, that um, just be able to have that type of control over them until you can find some other aspect or, or some other thing that they would be afraid of. I mean, I, I know that at this point, there's nothing a ghost could do that would scare me. There's nothing a ghost yeah. could do that would really, like, get me any kind of worked up because I've not, I don't want to say I've seen it all, but I've seen enough. And so yeah. you have to find, and, but I'm terrified of aliens. So that would, work. <laughs> you know, maybe I shouldn't give them hints on the radio in case they're listening. <laughs> but if a dark entity wanted to get me, that would be the way to do it. And they can read our thoughts, honestly, whether we speak it aloud or not. Well, then I'm screwed higher... <laughs> <laughs> Well, and the only reason why I brought that up, too, um, about what did you do, Andrew, is because, I mean, if someone doesn't have a specific faith, you can still command by choice, and that is a practice. Yeah, I, I'm, get stronger. I mean, personally, myself, I do believe in a higher power, and I do believe in the power of prayer. I just don't trust... Uh, uh, men with uh, organized religions. That's that's my only problem. I see. And I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, well, since we're going down these lines, you're, you brought it up about ghosts. How would it work with, say, Bigfoot? D would Bigfoot respond? That's very interesting. I mean, uh, the more stories that people are coming out with about Bigfoot, and apparently these things have been going on for a while, we've got conversations where people say that, they heard voices in their head as if these things were actually talking to them. Uh, they've talked about Bigfoot turning into trees, walking into trees and disappearing. I mean, personally, I've gotten to the point where I don't think they're just a monkey. I think they are a, I think they're a form. Hence why I brought up this, yeah. the topic. I really think yeah. they're more supernatural than, than most people think. Andrew, I think you're pretty keen into it because... I think that even if the Bigfoot on some level, say a, a physical Bigfoot does exist or some of them that are species, that could exist. But I do think what else is going on is the dark uh, can portray themselves like that. And I think they've been messing with people for many years through the Bigfoot concept and appearing however they want to look like. And like you said, even changing into form, well, we'll look changing at, form. Look at, uh, look at the, uh, the, uh, the, Bray, uh, the Beast of Bray Road. Uh, there have been uh, people who have seen this thing, and they say it stands up like a man. It looks like a wolf. And, uh, you know, they're doing the research in the area, and the guy goes, well, I've never seen anything that looks like a werewolf, but I did run across a Bigfoot hunting in this area. So maybe this thing will show itself as a Bigfoot, and maybe sometimes it'll show itself as a werewolf. Who knows what we're dealing with? Right. Yeah, you don't know because they have – Dark Force has dark energies – they have different abilities, and their abilities range of what they're capable of. It can be a vast range, and they can appear to look like anything that they want to look like. They can change in form, but there are there could be some Bigfoot um, entities, 
and they could be real, and it could be a mix as well of dark energy. Well, uh, you talk about dark. You talk about dark. Excuse me. You talk about dark energy in in Wisconsin. One of the things that Linda Godfrey found uh, doing research is there's an awful lot of satanic ac- uh, activity in that area, and it's been going on for quite some time. So they in, were in what area? Uh, in Wisconsin, uh, where uh, Brayer Road. yeah, we had the Brayer Road situation. Because as she was looking into it, she was very open minded. She just didn't want to say, "Hey, we've got werewolves." But the more research she did, she found out from police officers and uh, a dog officer that they were finding in the woods. They were finding where people were killing dogs and cats, and having oh you know, and having pentagrams and everything in the ground. So she said she was even open minded to the possibility that maybe someone's opened up a door and what's coming through it are these like werewolf-like creatures, and it's a coincidence that there's also squatch in the area. Well, bear in mind, the large concentration of German and Dutch have yes. settled out there, and yes. that's that's where a lot of your werewolf she, legends she, come she from. She touched on that in her book, too. Well, okay. The Beast of Bray Road, yeah. I highly recommend it. It's a great book. I just finished it. There are so many. That is the biggest danger someone can do. One of the biggest ones, besides a lot of drug use, is is rituals like that and doing satanic things and pentagrams. I mean, that's going to open up such dark doors, and it absolutely just gives permission for dark beings to come and wreak havoc and do whatever they want, especially in that area. Mm. You know, we touched upon this a little bit uh, in the first hour, but the idea that... Um we're sending out people who might not be well equipped to deal with these things, and I'm talking about the the, the paranormal researchers, the ghost hunters who go out there and, and, and try and deal with these entities. And I wonder how much of the things that we complain about within the paranormal world could be the influence of these things. You know, we always say, oh, you know, this this person, they used to be really cool, but like now... Now I can't stand them, or <laughs> now they've got such an ego, or we'll see groups that will form and then break up because of the 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 clashing of egos within the group dynamic and all this stuff. And so I wonder how much of this is just because I've always said, you know, the biggest problem is we have a lot of people who were the weirdos growing up that uh, suddenly find themselves as the popular kids and don't know how to handle it. Um, really, I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to be mean. That's that's I'm I'm in uh, that. That's accurate. You know? So. Uh, but you know, now I'm starting to wonder. Maybe some of this is an influence from those outside forces. Maybe they are kind of manipulating these people. You know, there's, there's people who say, "Oh, this guy used to be cool, then he got a TV show," and like now, now I can't stand him. You know, maybe maybe there is this influence of these things, and that's what's actually causing these these personality shifts. Ego is a huge um, vulnerability in and of itself. I mean, either way, if someone feels too weak with their ego and it's like poor me, you know, victim. Or it's the opposite, the ego is inflated. Either way, the, da- the dark, that's, an, that's a way that they can infiltrate and make that person see what it, they want them to see because they cater to um, what they want someone to see and they can manipulate someone's thoughts. So it's a way to prey on people, the ego is. Okay, so that means they backdoored in through the id. Hmm. Yes, hmm. absolutely. Uh, that, that's the way I see it. it well, and, and I mean, we've, uh, listen, we've been doing this for a long time, and, and we know, like, there is that temptation of popularity within this field. There is that temptation of, you know, I want to get into this for, you know, fame and fortune, and, and there's a lot of people, like, I, I know people who have just gotten involved and have just gotten into it 
because they think it's their direct path to getting some kind of celebrity. And, mm. you know, so those people, you can kind of understand their intentions from the beginning. And my, my point of view is always like, hey, if that's what you're into, just be honest and let us know if that's what you're into. But it's those yeah. people that make this sudden shift. It's the people that, you know, do this for a couple of years and then all of a sudden become obsessed with the idea of getting more recognition or, you know, people that we say, wow, he used to be cool about this and didn't really care about the accolades, but now all of a sudden, you know, he's out there attacking everybody else and trying to make himself look better. And it's, I just have to imagine that it has to be because not only that they're encountering these things, but because they're being, as, as Andrew said, seduced by them. Yes, and it's manipulation just like what Andrew experienced in the the case for seven years. And it, they really will be seduced. The dark does try to seduce, and they try to make promises like, okay, um, even with celebrities, like you mentioned, they will make promises um, to certain people that want to be famous saying, hey, I'll get you famous and get you all the accolades and money, um, but... You know, then I could use your work and I could be, I could come through your work. You know, they, this happens on an unconscious level with people. But so it's on an, so it's not a direct conversation that happens that this person is willingly giving them, giving themselves up to. It's not a Faustian bargain. Yeah, probably not unless the person is doing, um, demonic worshiping or, or, um, ritual, things like that. It's probably more unconscious. And they're playing on their vulnerabilities, and they'll they'll promise them things in an unconscious state if the person is under the influence or even while someone's sleeping. I mean, some stars, I feel like, have gotten their notoriety by um, agreeing with the dark to um, wanting the dark to help them. But they, maybe it's not conscious. It can be unconscious, Big but jagger. then their whole work, say it's music, or say it's... Um, their whole work can be infiltrated. I mean, it, it, there's certainly those who I wonder if there wasn't some sort of deal with the devil. I'm thinking the Big entire, Jagger, no, I'm thinking the entire Kardashian clan. Yeah, I oh, thought of that earlier you know, myself. Like, yeah, people, at least Mick Jagger has talent. Yeah, <laughs> he had a, he, about, then again, who knows where he got it from? You know, yeah. it could have been some kind of a deal. Well, that maybe was signed, he had but, sympathy for the devil. Yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. we do. Well, see what about Robert Johnson? If you want to go back to yeah. those people, you know, trading. You know their soul for yeah. for the ability. Robert Johnson at, at yeah. the crossroads, and, and and again, just all you know, modern versions of the Faust legend. But there's there seems to be these days a lot more avenues for people to to take those shortcuts. Like the fact that we have something that exists called a social media influencer. Mm. You know, this is mm. a person that why because you're on Twitter and Instagram, all of a sudden, like you, you're what you say matters. You know, like the, just mm -hmm. the creation of some of these things must have been. There must have been some sort of a, a, a darker force guiding them because they just they just don't seem right. Mm. And see, you're you're picking up on these clues. There's clues, and you are awakening to what these the the, the clues are, and you're awakening to what the repercussions are. And you really need like. There's so much, you know, when somebody is going they don't realize it there's so many unconscious people where that's happening to and they don't realize it even though their life is being you know even though it might be successful in certain areas there's going to be clues in other areas there's going to be dysfunction in other areas of their life what well, well these people how do they come across to other people 
that are watching them. I mean, I would think that if you're if you're being controlled by something, you would you would kind of feel that and it would have an effect on you. But it's almost like it sounds like the people that you're describing would actually be like somebody we would see as being very charismatic and, and alluring for us to pay attention to. True. And that can, uh, you might not, that's why the average person, you might not notice it. You might buy into it. You might be allured by them and you might put them up on a pedestal. But just like I did with the, the um, church place I was going to and the leaders there, like, you know, you end up doing this and then you find out later it's creating negative repercussions in your life. So anyone following people like that, um, it's important to, you can be, you know, lured in by somebody that you kind of hold on a pedestal. See, that's why I just don't put anybody on a pedestal. That's why I'm like, I'm the coolest person I know. And then, oh, well, that, wait a minute, that might Wind not work either. yourself. Huh? Yeah, hey, wait a minute. Uh, maybe I'm under the influence of something. Of course, no, well, not like that. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm clear to broadcast. So let's say, Kimberly, that somebody does feel like, uh, like they're under this influence. Um, you know, can they reach out to you to, to work on that just as much as they would reach out to you if they felt like they had a physical location that was having an issue? Yes. And, um, a good start is the free download I have. It's nine powerful prayers with Archangel Michael for of protection and healing. And you can get that at clearparanormal.com. So it's really easy, clearparanormal.com, and you can download that for free right away. And and also there's some other things in there for free, um, an Archangel Michael meditation to relieve anxiety. And um, more information is in that download as well about on an audio about dark energy and the signs you should be aware of. And if somebody does want to reach out to you, they can do that through through your website. Through th- should they go through that yes. website or archangelsblessed.com? Um, either they both go to the same website. It's just reading it on the air. Archangels blessed. Sometimes the people um, don't put the S at the end of archangels. So clearparanormal.com will okay. go to Ar- archangels blessed. And so when you go there, you can see all about Kimberly. You can find out where she's making some appearances. Uh, you can get some of those spiritual cleansing crystal lights. And uh, just real quick, uh, we have about uh, about three minutes left on the show. How, how do those work for people? The crystal lights, um, I have many clients that have them. And the the smaller ones that they, they can actually keep on 24-7 in their home. And that's a, a clear signal to Archangel Michael and the Seraphim Angel Healing Team that brings in a frequency of protection. The Archangels and the Seraphim Angel Healing Team are able to place a protection shield around someone's home and around them and their family that's strong. It's a frequency and the dark definitely know that frequency and my clients' lives clear up and of darker stuff. I mean, I have a lot of feedback and testimonials of their lives getting better and better and that's an extra protection mechanism my clients use are the spiritual cleansing crystal lights. Well, I believe in crystal lights because I believe in me. Sorry, I had to, <laughs> I had to at least pull up that 180s crystal light reference. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us, Kimberly, and for sharing all this information with us. Uh, we would love to have you come back again and, and talk more with us when, when we can have Stephanie here and, and have you two kind of go back and forth with some of your own uh, experiences. Oh, I would love to meet Stephanie, and thank you, Tim, so much, and um, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. Such a joy to talk to you. Oh, it was great talking to you. And, Pleasure. Uh, 
and take care. And now we will we will speak again soon. Okay, take care. Bye bye. And that is Kimberly Dawn. Again, the website clearparanormal.com is the best way to go. If you would like to reach out, that was a, a very fascinating discussion, uh, especially getting some insight into our own experiences and the and our own things that have happened to us, and knowing that you know as as weird as it may be to us, especially you know what you had going on, Andrew, to know that it's actually it's it's not that uncommon. It sounds like no. from what she's saying. No, and the more uh, since I've walked away from my experience, I found it to be you know the case for many, many, many people. Well, uh, again, uh, clearparanormal.com is the website if you want to find out more. By the way, we only have a couple minutes here, but I just got to ask you guys. Have you seen that really uh, – it's very interesting, but it's a very weird uh, documentary on Netflix, Abducted in Plain Sight. Have you seen I've this? I've heard of it, but heard I haven't seen it. it. haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, watch it because I was yelling at the television while I was watching this. It's about an hour and a half long. I actually still haven't finished it, but I was yelling at the television about what was going on. Uh, so if anybody out there hasn't seen it, I, I recommend it. But just be aware, you're going to scream at the TV. <laughs> but there's, there's, it's not alien abductions. It's, it's, it's a no, uh, I, yeah. it's an actual abduction. But there is an alien side story to it. Wow. Um, yeah, I'll tell you off the air because I don't want to spoil it for anybody uh, that hasn't watched it yet. But oh my god, it was you will scream at these people on the television, and then you'll feel bad because like you, I can't believe like. These people went through something so traumatic, and, and now I'm angry at them for being so stupid, but they were so stupid. <laughs> so we can we can talk more about that uh, some other time. Hey, I just want to let everybody know, too, if you are into pop culture stuff, comic books, movies, you know, anything geeky like that, then uh, set, uh, Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on WBSM's YouTube channel, we have a new show called Change My Mind. It's hosted by Wesley Sykes and Nick Fryer. And uh, I sit in and I, I help them out a little bit with, uh, we do the video just like we do with Spooky TV, but they also have the Change My Mind podcast. It's the audio version of it out there for you as well. Just give them uh, give them a listen. I guarantee you, you will, even if you're not super into this stuff, the show does a good job of covering everything at, a, at a, an accessible level, and you'll just love the back and forth between the two of them. These guys have great chemistry. I crack up every week. And, uh, and and we get into some really good arguments. So check that out. It's called Change My Mind. You can find it on YouTube and you can on, on the WBSM YouTube channel. And you can find it pretty much wherever podcasts are found, uh, just like you can find Spooky South Coast everywhere podcasts are found. We will be back next week. Next week's a big one, right? Next week's you've been trying for yeah. years to to get them on the on the air. Who are we have it on next week? Yeah, if everything works right. It should be one of the guys from the Pashkugula incident. So we will have that for you next Saturday night at 10 o'clock. If you want to reach us at any point during the week, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Of course, you can follow us on Facebook. You can like us on... Wait, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, and pretty much anywhere else you can find things on social media. We welcome all of your feedback. Again, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com is the easiest way, too. So until next time, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for Andrew, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular. <laughs>